going to eat them live on air. I mean, probably. All I, suppose I, sh- I suppose I should check them for walnuts. What's French for walnuts? Oh, I don't know. Well, as long as it isn't bleh or <laughs> lay or oof. I mean, I know what those are. Do you? I know that lay is milk and oof is egg. I know what that one is. I know what bleh is. What? <laughs> Spell how? Just B-L-E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know what... Bleh. Farine de bleh. I don't know what that bleh. is. Contains traces of... Bleh. Fruit <laughs> a cock. I don't know what that is. Sorry? Fruit a cock. <laughs> uh, I assume that's not walnut. C-O-Q-U-E. Yeah. Fruits of the... De soya. I guess that's soy. Sesame and... That... I thought it was arachnid, but... <laughs> oh. I don't know. It's nearly... It's arachnid, isn't it? Huh. So it has spiders in it. Oh, well, that's all right then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they offset the walnuts. Yeah. I don't think any of... Fruit... Uh, what, a, cock? a cock. A cock. <laughs> I'm just googling a cock. <laughs> Fruit a cock is oh, it's nut. So what nut? Is there any more information? Uh, no. <laughs> All right, just nut. Yeah. Oh well, we'll see. <laughs> You're already dying. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey everyone, uh, this is called Frivolous Disney's! It is! Hooray! Yeah, this is Frivolous Disney's, your fun time Disney podcast. But Yay! I'm poorly, so I, I'm very poorly. So that's it might not be that fun at all. That was a reference to Strawberry Fields forever, at the end of which there was a conspiracy that people thought that John Lennon said, I buried Paul. <laughs> but actually he said, Cranberry sauce. But I thought he said, I'm very small. And I thought that was really funny, so I'm very disappointed. Anyway, I'm very po- that, I'm kind very of, poor. This is the kind of high quality Disney content yeah. people come to us yep. for. So I'm going to be coughing. I can't laugh. All we've established earlier today <laughs> that when I laugh, I just make a noise like yeah, 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 or something. And, so, so normal. Then. And I've got a cough. Here comes one. <coughs> so you're going to hear some of that. Is that real? It, well, yes, but also I induced it. Okay. Uh, deliberately, but yeah. I, try, I don't want to have to edit Frivolous Disney's. And last time yeah. I had to edit it just as much as I did with the other one. So I feel like if I just accept that this is going to be rubbish <laughs> and it'll sound completely nonsense, then, okay. then and if we say that now, then everything's fine. Hi, it's Frivolous Disney's. Welcome to our bad podcast. <laughs> our bad podcast about Disney. Yay. Um, so let's kick off with the, the top order of today is that you've been there. You've been to the Disney place. I went to Disney. Tell yes. us about the Disney place, but in a way that is in, going to be interesting to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you didn't discuss that part with me in advance. <laughs> I'm not prepared for that at all. Okay. You're try, I'm afraid. So, well, first things first. Like, no. you've never been, have you? I've never been to a Disney of any no, kind. No form of Disney, no. So, they're very far away. It's not that far away, as it turns out. Oh, no, that's true. Because I have been to France, and it took, like, the like what, about just over an hour. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, like, takes longer on the bus to go to just some... What I'm going to describe as normal places, by <laughs> which I mean places in this country. Yeah. But, yeah, so I've never been to Disneyland. Um, and Of any form. Of any form. Oh, cool. And, yeah, it was good. I liked it. Okay, so, <laughs> moving on. Second <laughs> order of the day. No, it was a very interesting cultural experience. I've always been curious about the Disneyland experience Mm. in general. Mm. It's interesting insofar as it's not just... Disneyland has never come across as just like, oh, it's a 
it's a park themed around mm. Disney. It's like, no, Disneyland has always been sold as quite a key part of the vision of the Disney company yeah. and of specifically Walt Disney mm-hmm. as a yeah. as a human being. I feel like he switched more or less completely over to it from animation at some point. Yeah, I think so. So it's like it's not like being an Asterix fan who didn't go to Park Asterix mm. or whatever. Or Park Asterix is not integral to the Asterix experience. No. Or, or like, I suppose more pertinently, no one believes that in order to be a fan of the yeah. Universal Movie Studio, you have to go to the Universal Studios theme park. No, in, going back to the Asterix analogy, nobody calls Park Asterix simply Asterix. No. And expects you to know that they mean the park. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Whereas with Disney, they do. Yes, And that's what is very interesting about going to Disneyland. You don't go there and feel like, oh, I'm in some way in Disney. You know, in like anything you would recognise, particularly from any of Disney's movies. Yes, that's the thing that surprised me the most as an adult learning about Disneyland. I think as a child, I thought that you... I knew it was costumes and rides, yeah. but I thought that the general feel of it was that you'd essentially sort of jolly holidayed into yeah. your Disney video collection and now you're in those places, but it's not... Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, the number of areas that I can think of that are specifically aggressively themed around a particular film, yeah. there's a little Toy Story area yeah. and there's a little Ratatouille area <laughs> uh, because Paris. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's just assorted attractions Punchback like back area presumably <laughs> no they, they've incredibly grim and they set the whole place on fire just before you leave <laughs> yeah i guess they'd have the more intact notre dame at this point <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah no uh there's nothing no there's not much there mm-hmm. like in terms of like stuff specifically themed around specific movies that's yeah. just that's just not what it's like like yeah. there's there's like an alice in wonderland maze yeah and there's Star Wars-wise, there's the Star Tours ride and a little star base near there where you go inside and meet Darth Vader, which is genuinely... (laughs) Darth Vader's grotto. It is genuinely (laughs) actually intimidating. Is it? Oh, cool. It is. Because you're just in... They lead you into this room. Then it's like the staff aren't in costume or anything like that, but they're very stern with you when you go in. (laughs) And they're like, you know, they they check like that you're not a spy (laughs) and they make sure that you are going to like... A rebel spy. Yeah, a rebel yeah. spy. And they make sure that you're not going to like, that. you know, you're not to be smiling too much and you're not, to, you're to stand exactly there where they told you. And then Darth Vader comes around the corner <laughs> and to all intents and purposes, he may as well actually be Darth Vader. Yeah. He is, the, the costume is Darth Vader's costume. He is as tall as Darth Vader. <laughs> he is breathing like Darth Vader. <laughs> And That's the giveaway, isn't it? You'd know it wasn't him if he wasn't. <laughs> and when you select the English option, <laughs> he speaks to you in James Earl Jones' uh, voice. And I genuinely was not expecting it to be as actually intimidating as it was. <laughs> so like, you do actually realise, oh wait, Darth Vader would be scary, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. um, he punctures out a little bit by, you know, after giving you a dressing down about your lack of progress in your use of the Force, etc. <laughs> that... A Disneyland Paris staff member then says, and now we are going to take photos of you. <laughs> and you do poses with And he him. does bunny ears behind your head. <laughs> to be fair, he stays in character. And, you know, so he was doing some power poses. and I got, oh. <laughs> Yeah, like Darth Vader does. <laughs> I don't mean like conservative party conference power poses. Okay. <laughs> I mean like, you know, he look, you know, he's 
holding his fist up and, you know, in that sort of Darth Vader-y way and then doing like... I suppose like a... he was a bit of a ham, wasn't he? Darth he was. Vader, yeah. So... Does he point at you unconvincingly? Oh, he does. <laughs> he? he does, yeah, he does. And it really sells the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, beyond the little attractions, you're not feeling like you're... Oh, I've walked into mm-hmm. any particular Disney film. Not even the not even the Sleeping Beauty castle. Yeah. You don't go in there and feel like I'm in Disney's Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. right now. It's it's a thing unto itself. And that's the park. It's a curated experience unto itself. And from that perspective, you might think like, oh that well, what's so Disney about that? Mm. And what's so Disney about it is everything mm. about it is very Disney. It's its own little world. Mm-hmm. That is what differentiates Disney as whatever you want to call it. Whether you want to call it like a media conglomerate or a corporation mm-hmm. or like an artistic collective or whatever it is. Especially in recent times, people talk about Disney a lot these days. Mm. About them as a corporate entity and about the idea of they're buying stuff up. Mm. They are gradually swelling to gargantuan, terrifying, monopolistic yeah. size. And I feel like the people who are, you know, with good cause, mm-hmm. concerned or critical about that, they're a bit confused sometimes as to why are more people not reacting to that? Yes, you see a lot of, you know, why aren't we talking about this more? Like, en- yeah. Enjoy your Star Wars, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Why aren't we talking about that in the same alarmed tone as you would if like comcast bought nintendo yeah say or whatever Mm -hmm. or you know whatever analogy you Mm want to use like that and it's like it's partly because as a business i suppose they do operate in the same way that any big business does but the way they present what they do to the world is very different disney is all about creating their own internalized cultural ecosystem so it's never when they buy something it's never just i mean it is adding a big valuable brand to the portfolio to the suits but outwardly facing in terms of what they're giving back to you as the end user it's not just that like oh yeah we own that now and Mm. the money that you would have spent on that is going to come to us now instead of to the independent owner who owned it before slash the other corporation who used to own it. It's like, no, Disney work to create a sense of... Disney is its own... It's its own cultural state, almost. (laughs) It's like, there's world culture, there's American culture, and then there's Disney culture. Mm. And Disney culture is everything that's within the walled garden of... And what it's, we it's, say it's, that is. I've never really thought about it before, but it is when you separated it then from American culture. At first, I kind of went, "Well, it's kind of," but then I realised, no. When I was growing up, you had to you had to be told that it was an American company, yeah, because everyone in it was British, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like you would watch whole like collections of films, and it would all just be British people in yeah. the animations and like in the live actions, and then there's just so many of them, yeah, that, that it was they did create this kind of. As you know, as much as they could in those days, sort of international flavor to it. Now, of course, yeah. whenever they tried to stray much further than just uh, white America or white Britain, yeah. then they started to have problems. Yes, but at least from my perspective, it felt like a multicultural uh, thing. It's there's always been a goal towards an internationalist yes. feeling to Disney culture as differentiated from just 
they're an American company making American movies. Yeah. That's not how they ever want to put themselves across. They want to create this idea that, like, when you step into the world of Disney, the world of Disney is its own ecosystem. Mm -hmm. All of the things that we create feed off each other and they feed off each other like exclusively almost like that's how they want to present it anyway Mm -hmm. once they own something or once they've created something you know like take the kimber the white lion uh, example (laughs) they don't want to acknowledge what happened outside of the world of disney it's like just like with the fairy tale movies they do there's not really any sense that they want to talk about the fairy tale Mm. once they have their version of it. It's never important that, oh, this is an adaptation of a Hans Christian Andersen thing. An interesting bit of trivia that I don't know how I feel about, probably bad, um, is that um, Dumbo was based on a book. And basically, when they optioned the rights to it, they just took it off the shelves. So the book has not been available deliberately since Disney's Dumbo was ever a thing. Yeah, yeah. and I think you still can't get it. I, I don't. I'm unaware of how you could get hold of even a scan of that or anything. No, and that is an example of Disney culture coming at the expense of yeah, yeah. everyone else's culture, yeah, which happens. It, ha- it happens. It and, does happen. And Dumbo is a particularly interesting one because, like, that's one where I am aware of how very problematic much of it is. Yeah. And I'm aware that I love it, and that can't change. Yeah. And so I don't miss this book, but I probably should. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> But anyway, and this is, and it's something I'm going to get to. It's they, in creating this Disney culture around themselves, yeah, it, some of it is hyper curated in ways that are problematic mm-hmm. or potentially immoral. But the reason that you, we, the end users, don't care as much yeah. as maybe we should. We are fans. It's, yes, it's because we're getting, they are actually giving us something mm. in return. When Disney buy Marvel, or when Disney buy Star Wars, it's not just a case of like, oh, well, we own that now. It's like, no, we own that, and you are going to see, to some degree, it being brought into the purview and start cross-pollinating with the broader category of what is within the kind of Galapagos Island culture that is Disney yeah, culture. And I was very sceptical about, um, you know, Disney Plus when they were announcing that because, yeah. you know, like a lot of people are going, oh, I don't want to pay for another. But now, as you talk about this, it's Disney Plus I'm thinking of. Somehow they've already changed my mind so that I think that Disney Plus is what this is, is this is this island of content yeah. that all of this is for. Yeah. And God, I... I I'm probably going to have to get Disney Plus. I'm like, I'm 100% going to get it because it's like... <laughs> Like I say, I'm a Disney fan. Yeah. I can't not get it because yeah. it's they've managed to create a perception that it couldn't exist mm. in any other way than to be its own walled garden. Yeah. And that once something enters the walled garden, it doesn't come out, <laughs> but it also evolves into something within there yeah. that is different and gives you value back for what's changed about it. Because yeah. it starts cross-pollinating and it starts becoming part of the bigger thing that's it like like it like any type of cultural melting pot everything just mixes together in a weird way and becomes unique somehow and to bring back to disneyland disneyland is like living in that (laughs) when you enter disneyland you're not in france (laughs) i don't feel like i visited france oh right i went to disneyland yeah it's not france and it's not a theme park either Mm -hmm. it's not it, it is 
it does not feel like being in Alton Towers. Yeah. In Disneyland, you're surrounded by stuff that I think should distract you to the artificiality of it all, mm-hmm. but it doesn't because you're just... It is super artificial, but everything is very carefully curated. Yes, Every- I think with Disneyland, there's a sense that you're kind of in on it. In that, like, yeah. you know that these are people in costumes, yeah. and you know that these are things built by people and that they've hidden... There are little hidden Mickeys to find and things like this, but... Yeah. It's that's all right because it's part of this. It's sort of suspension of disbelief of, of a new sort. That's it. Like, and I think this is the word about Disneyland. Disneyland's created. Disneyland mm. is it's engineered. Yeah. Like that's why they call them Imagineers, isn't it? Like yeah. the people who are responsible for putting all this stuff together. Everything about when you're in Disneyland, the environment of it all feels as planned as a movie in a yeah. sense. Like everything is where it is on purpose. Yeah. And you know that nothing's there just because oh well we wanted to have a t- we needed a toilet there yeah you know or we just thought that'd be a good place for a shop yeah. or whatever it's we like had a bit of space so we bung something in it yeah we bung <laughs> they do not bung things in <laughs> Disneyland that's no. very I think very get clear. thrown out if you do <laughs> well yeah <laughs> like it's just it is you're just stepping into this weird little bubble world yeah. where you don't necessarily feel like you're just in normal society anymore. Mm. Everyone's there for the same reason. And that's to step into this strange alternate world where everything's super artificial yet super deliberate. Mm. The thing that I really appreciate about it, I was there for four days and everywhere you look is something interesting and fun. It's all fun. Mm. Everything there is fun. Even if it's just to look at. Mm. It's just like, look at that. You know, look at that (coughs) cool little building. Look at... And there's none of that like, oh, what if I follow this corner around? Oh, it's just like a... It's just a fence with like a... Oh, this is round the back. This is round the back. You never feel like there's a round (laughs) the back of Disneyland. You're just... You are in this weird little world of like... And yes... That world is dedicated to, in a lot of ways, just advertising Walt Disney products. But... Being paid by you to do that to you. (laughs) Yeah, and within the park, just constant, constant opportunities for you to spend more money on stuff. Like everything, but... But you want to. But you want to, because that's what you're there for. And all the shops are just so cool looking <laughs> so you want to go into all of them yeah. because even though each of them is selling like a rotation of what was in the shop you were previously <laughs> in but it's like yeah but look at this one though <laughs> this one's style like an old 1920s library this one looks like it's in star wars this one looks like it's a sort of a wild west outpost and it never feels it when you're in there it does not feel like... Yeah, but it's just a Wild West outpost-themed shop. Right. It's just like, <coughs> no, it's a Wild West-themed outpost construction that I'm here to enjoy. And also, yeah, they, yeah they're yeah they selling stuff in it because it's Disneyland. Of course they're selling stuff in it. But you're not there. If you're going to Disneyland to nitpick the artifice <laughs> of it, then yeah. don't go. It's yeah. a very expensive waste of time. Um, Speaking of which, by the way, just by way of context, there's a, a lot of, uh, when I listen to American podcasts about this sort of thing, yeah. there's a certain sense of like, oh, when did you last go to Disneyland? And it's like, oh, well, I ambled up there to some of the go. And yeah. For us in the UK, like that would be, what, thousands <laughs> to be able to do? Like we, we literally just, to, to the American ones. Yeah, yeah. It's 
it's a really big life decision to ever go there ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I may never do it. It's hours and hours and hours on a plane, and then do you know what I mean? It's just do you really need to go expensive. to American Disney. The American Disney. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we have this fairly quick uh, way of accessing the one in France. So. Yeah, yeah. But it's still just far enough away mm. that and I've never done it. Just expensive enough. And just expensive enough that I've never done it. Yeah. Even yeah. though I have been to France a couple of times. Yeah. I would say... So that's the context here. It is, it's rarer, perhaps, for us than maybe some of the people listening. But yeah, it, it's an absolutely fascinating place. And yeah, like I say, you could see it as crass, I suppose. But I just find it this interesting microcosm of what Disney is all about. I think anyway. if you're going to find it crass, you've found it crass before you bought the yeah, ticket. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're, if you bought the tickets, you're not going to be disappointed by, yeah. by what you find there. Because it is Disney in a microcosm. There is a crassness to it. And there is a naked commercialism to it. And there is clearly a sense that what they're presenting you with is this kind of mushed up, pre-digested version of, like, culture that they've reshaped into something and are feeding back to you. But if you're a Disney fan, you find value in what they've built. Yeah, like absolutely. And I do find value in what they built there because it's so deliberate. In some ways, it's like just living in an art installation almost. Mm, yeah. oh, I don't mean an art installation in the kind of like Grace and Perry sense. I mean an art installation in just sort of like a... It's a piece of creativity. And especially if you're staying in one of the hotels mm. that's there, you, you just kind of live in it. Yeah. It's, there's an otherworldliness about yeah. it. It's, it's, it's so strange. And you wouldn't think it <laughs> to just look at what it is from the outside. Because yeah. it... You know, or from the outside, it does maybe just come across in a lot of ways, objectively, as just like, yeah, but those are just normal theme park things. It's like, okay, yeah, well, there's a Wild West area, and there's a (laughs) sci-fi area, and there's a runaway mine train ride, or whatever. But it's just this baked-in sense of everything, uh, uh, into everything, that, yeah, no, but there's a culture at work in Disneyland that is distinct from everything, and that's part of Disney. Like... You'll probably know this as well as anyone that, like, you'll know there's just a whole bunch of famous concepts, traditions, songs Mm -hmm. that you know, that we all know as Disney songs Mm -hmm. and Disney things. They're from the park. Yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I certainly, yeah, there is there are multiple songs I know. Yeah. Just because they're from a park I've never visited. Like, it's a ride for five-year-olds, but we had to go on It's a Small World <laughs> yeah. when we were there. Did you know, by the way, that uh, there used to be Welsh people on the moon in It's a Small World, but they've removed them? <laughs> really? And there aren't any Welsh people on it now. No, I didn't see any. No, I did because they're any. supposed to be on the moon. <laughs> I don't know why. Disney apparently predicted whales would go to the moon first. I don't know. <laughs> Jay and I really enjoyed the uh, presentation of Canadians. Oh, how do they do it? Uh, they're just... Because I literally only know the whales fact about that, right? They're just wearing checked shirts. They're lumberjacks. <laughs> there's there's a little area where they're playing ice hockey. Right. They just check all the Canadian yeah. boxes. And Jay just looked at <coughs> it and was just like, no, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Like, no, they they actually got the yeah, no, they, they they nailed that really. And then the boat goes past, and there's some Canadian ones going, "No, oh, yeah, fair enough." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, um, but yeah, it's just these weird little rituals about yeah. it all. Like every day at four thirty, no, 
not fourth, a bit later, there's the kind of the characters on parade oh. thing. And that's just an interesting old time. Yeah, that's like what you would get on an old Disney video advertising Disneyland Paris, but it's happening. <laughs> yeah, and they play this crazy... I, I don't know music genres well enough <laughs> to tell you what genre the song Lost in the Magic is. Lost in the magic. And they all just parade through on these really, really big, elaborate floats. And it's very easy to get taken up. Like, it's some people in suits going past on floats, but you're yeah. in Disneyland, yeah. so no, it isn't. Yeah. It's Elsa. Yeah. <laughs> the, the same's true of the costume people. I'm sorry, those peop- the, the people in suits at Disneyland are those characters in a way that they aren't if you are a person in an Asterix costume at Park. Yeah. I'm not meaning to rag on Park Asterix. No, sure. But like, I just can't imagine that anyone goes to Park Asterix and feels like, to the same degree, that they met Asterix. Yeah, not a, not above a very young age anyway. Yeah. But probably not even then, because I assume they're giant head costumes rather than... Because I like that Disney, when it's a yeah. human character, they just put a human in a costume. I, I, I always like that. Not always. Like, it depends on the character. True. They don't do that with Jafar, do they? They don't do that with Jafar. They don't do it with Captain Hawk. They don't do it with the... Captain Hawk. They don't do it with the Queen uh, (coughs) from... uh, Seems to be the villains. The ones who are more, like, stylized. Yeah, it's because the... the, Yeah, you're right. I never thought of it before. But the ones that they do allow to be a human are the young, pretty ones. Yeah, who just look like people. Who are sort of designed to be generic. Whereas, yeah, yeah, the villains are meant to look a very certain way that really only... It'd be much more different. Well, no, it wouldn't. I still think they should cast for those but whatever i guess they've decided that it's very important that they look exactly right yeah and they don't but they do yeah (laughs) this is the thing it's like i look at the woody costume (laughs) from disneyland and i cannot tell you that like that's the best way that someone could possibly make a costume of woody from toy story especially since everything about toy story informs us that the the woody in disneyland should be about ankle high (laughs) yeah but yet when you're there that's that doesn't like look the highlight of our trip, until the subsequent highlight of our trip, was meeting <laughs> okay. Donald Duck. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And we were so excited. Yeah. Because... Look who it is. You Look who it is! <laughs> you know, it's, it's Donald Duck in the flesh. <laughs> He's a big duck. <laughs> a very, very big duck. Very big duck. Not only is he bigger than a duck, he's bigger than a person. Bigger than a person. He's wearing a sailor costume. <laughs> Where did he get that? Where did he get that? That's Donald Duck. He must have a tailor. Yeah. It's, it was so exciting. We like, yeah. if you follow me on Twitter, you'll have seen the smiles on our faces. <laughs> but you couldn't fake, we weren't faking no. those. We weren't faking those. <laughs> we just felt we had to smile that much because yeah. it was it was a very joyful experience <laughs> to meet Donald Duck. And we thought that was as good as it was going to get. Until we met Daisy Duck, oh, who was amazing. What? Why? What's so good about that? Not, I'm, what, I'm not having to go with Daisy Duck. That's but... what we thought go before on. we met Daisy Duck, and she was just amazing. How? She was just so. She was. I. I can't really quantify it other than that she was just rad. <laughs> like because. Now, you know, we're talking about the illusion of it and everything, yeah. but to step away from that for a moment, it is just a person in a very restrictive suit. What rad stuff can you even do when you can't turn your head? She's just so engaged. Yeah. She's so on. <laughs> She's like, 
we were we happened to be there just after she'd come out of wherever it was she is where hibernates yeah exactly and so there wasn't much of a queue for her at that point oh right so she got to spend some time <laughs> with us like she was sizing up jay and jay was wearing loads of like badges and stuff yeah. so she was like individually looking at all the badges <laughs> jay was wearing a donald duck badge and she was like ah you know when she saw the donald duck badge and was looking around jay's back and we were feeling really guilty that we didn't have a daisy duck badge <laughs> she was just taking all these photos with us doing all these little kind of glamorous poses and stuff yeah. then she was like gesturing to us and saying like she told me right yeah you cross your arms and uh-huh. jay did a sort of like little sort of feminine flourish and then she took photos with us and gave us all hugs and stuff yeah. and it was just like isn't we- it fascinating how they create this reality where you know this is supposed to be a talking character yeah but and this is someone wildly gesturing to you to you point you do yeah. this with arms yeah and you and you get into that reality somehow yeah because you, you're in disneyland yeah and Look, it, the, the corporate synergy. Of course, it'll part, be that she only speaks French. Yeah, or whatever, <laughs> and that doesn't that doesn't explain why she didn't talk to the French people. But yeah. um, well, she but, only talks English then. But like, look, this is <laughs> and this. I know that this is part of the broader corporate purpose of it because, yeah. frankly, we went and met Daisy Duck because we were walking past and we just saw her come out yeah. of a door to the front of a queue section that was basically empty, save for one person. It was like, well, Daisy Duck's literally there. Yeah. Whatever. Let's go meet Daisy Duck. Yeah. And then we came away from that interaction feeling like, holy shit. <laughs> we love Daisy Duck now. <laughs> yeah, and now we need a pin of her. Now we need a pin of her. I now feel like... I hadn't thought of purchasing that yeah. piece of merch from the shop before. It's not just the merch <laughs> thing. It's I now feel to some degree like I'm a fan of Daisy yeah. Duck. I can't... Off the top of my head, remember anything Daisy Duck has ever done <laughs> in any piece of fiction ever. She was great in House of Mouse. I remember that much. Very, very funny. You've got Can't a leg up why. on me in terms of actual authentic Daisy Duck experience. Except I met Daisy Duck. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I've, yeah. I've got a bout of that. I met Daisy Duck yeah. and I feel like, oh, Daisy Duck's my friend yeah. now. So I feel like, oh, I, I think I should probably support Daisy Duck in her future endeavours. Yeah, you'll be looking out for her. Whenever the cameo, you'll be like, yeah, that's her! Yeah, exactly! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. If I have one major regret, huh. it's that my encounter with Jafar yeah. was, what was what happened only here? fleeting. It was the last day. So we had tickets for the park on the last day, but we were, you know, our plane was at like, nine in the evening or something so we got to spend some of the day before we went back to the hotel and off to the airport we were just hanging around in the uh adventure land and we were just hanging around there uh, having recently having recently visited the attraction that it's a really cool attraction you know it's like it exemplifies what disneyland's all about because it's not a big advertised attraction it's just like a little passageway that goes off but inside it's like just all these really cool dioramas yeah from Aladdin. Oh, like okay. you know, just recreating like key scenes from right, okay, from cool. Aladdin, and they're really cool dioramas, and they're playing the music over <laughs> them, and like they're really dramatically lit, and some of them are made really, really kind of ingeniously. You just walk down like what just looks like oh, what's this little nook and cranny here? Let's see what's down there, right. and you come out of it feeling like oh man, Aladdin was amazing, (laughs) you know? Oh, oh, I I love that. Yeah, I feel like I've just been reminded of how great Aladdin was, and now I've just come out feeling happy. Um, (laughs) The thing is, it's called Aladdin's Enchanted Passage. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Which we uh, we enjoyed. We enjoyed that. I mean, that's that's reason to go in. And yeah. Then, oh, and this is good in here. To be honest, that's why I went in. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to. We went. Oh, this is the best. I'm going to tell this now because I can't think of a better opportunity. We went on an amazing Aladdin ride once. Yeah. It was in a theme park here in the UK that, like, I think it's fallen on better times now okay. but at the time it was like really grim yeah. and we, we it's just me abby and my brother andy we'd yeah. just gone by ourselves to this theme park even though my parents were there and um we get on this thing and you basically you get on a boat and you go around this you know there's like a cave of yeah, wonders yeah, and there's yeah. jewels in the cave and and then it was so kind of empty and nothingy that we were yeah. just making each other laugh all the way around. Yeah. And as you come out, there's a, a statue of Aladdin, and, and they had gone with calling the princess Jasmine in this. <laughs> right. Moment. Okay. Wow. And a voice plays out, and, and it goes, "Princess Jasmine, <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Princess Jasmine." <laughs> And we just never got over that. Yeah. That's whenever anyone says Jasmine, yeah. one of us is going to go... <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I wish there was a video of it online, but I haven't been able to find one. I think, Even though there are videos yeah. of what the theme park was, I think they took. I think they closed that. So that, that doesn't exist anymore? I don't think so. Oh, man. Real shame. <laughs> if anyway. you were the person who voiced this statue... Oh, you're, you're coming on as a guest. <laughs> Especially since that was definitely your normal voice. And you were, like... <laughs> Part of the charm of it was that no attempt was made to put a voice on. <laughs> so it was like, Peter Tethman, whoever, whoever said it, that was their real voice. So do come on. Yeah. And yes, I'm making fun of your voice, so you yeah. probably don't want to, but like, yeah. it's that I like it. <laughs> so yeah, we had a lot of fun entering Aladdin's Enchanted Passage. Good. Um, and after we exited Aladdin's Enchanted Passage, yeah. after we were rejected. There's, there's nowhere this joke can go, really. <laughs> After we were pushed out of Aladdin's Enchanted Passage, yeah. we were just waiting around outside there. And I was I was not doing anything. And I was not doing anything for like a while, just killing time because it was like, ah, uh, there's not much really. We, we, we've done the part. I don't need to pay very much attention to my surroundings yes. right now. I'm not missing anything <laughs> by, by just literally being sat here on my phone. In this Arabian Nights area where Jafar <laughs> might be over there. <laughs> and then I looked up oh, and Jafar God. was over there. Oh. Um, like, see our... Somewhere pr- where you very well could have been instead of being sat over there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. See our previous episodes <laughs> for more of our thoughts about Jafar <laughs> and why this was a significant moment. Yeah. But reasonable to say he's your all-time favourite Disney character. He might be my all-time favourite man. <laughs> Um, and yeah, he was just over there, and he was signing autographs very disdainfully sure, for some yeah. children. He he. Did... I've seen the photo. He had a disdainful look on his face. Yeah. Oh, but his his body language was very like you know he. Every time anyone passed him an autograph book, he was gesturing like, "What is this? What is this garbage you're putting in front of me?" <laughs> but he would sign it anyway. Yeah, obviously, because he's a good guy. He's great. He is. Hashtag Jafar did nothing wrong. But um, he was there, uh-huh. and there was a short queue. I was like, uh. "Right, okay, I'm going over there." Yeah. I'm you going... start making that pots and pans noise as your feet yeah, went round exactly. before running. I'm going over there. There's two people in that queue. <laughs> And I'm going to meet Jafar yeah. now. Because, you know, as I said, yeah. bought, I'm very much bought into the reality mm-hmm. of this. I get there to the queue and they've closed. Ugh. They've closed the queue. Jafar's going somewhere Ugh. and they cannot let me join the queue. I was going to say, how do they do that? Do they say no? Yeah. 
Yeah. They're like, so no, there's a person sorry. there stopping. Yeah, there is a person uh. there saying, no, sorry, we can't. He's got to move off. That must somewhere. be a tricky job when it's little kids, mustn't it? Yeah, and I was like, look, I, you know, <laughs> he's like, we're closed for now. He'll be back. He went straight to bargaining. He'll be back at five o'clock. By which time we'll have left yeah. to go get the yeah. plane. And I'm like. Look, man, <laughs> we're going back. We're not going to be for a trendy, right? We're not going to be here at five o'clock. We're going back to England. We can't come back. This Jafar is my favorite character. I point <laughs> to the Jafar pin I'm wearing, yeah. and he's like, "I cannot make an exception because yeah. you know he's having to turn everyone yeah. away. Like if he lets me in, he has to let. He then, of course, he has to yeah. let some little kids. Of course, he is in. No, he has to draw the line." Fortunately, though, I had a gun. <laughs> and I kidnapped Jafar, and he's here now. Uh, no, he did make a concession and said to Jafar, he spoke to Jafar on my behalf. Sure, yeah. And said, like, look, this guy's come from England, and, you know, he really wants to see you. So, Have we like, got Jafar's ear now? Do you reckon he'll come on? I mean, maybe. Because, oh! like, he, you know, he said, like, to Jafar, uh, to, to my friend Jafar, <laughs> yeah. the, yeah you got to go off now, but as you're going, can you walk quite slowly so that I can take a picture? Oh, right. So I got a selfie with it. Hey. And it's a pretty good selfie if you've seen my Twitter. We can maybe include it in the in the thread when I post this or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'll translate um, it to sound like Aphex Twin. <laughs> but it wasn't the proper photo op. Sure. You know? Yeah. I didn't properly get to interact with him. No. I, I just didn't get the proper meet and greet. I would have got a Iago toy. I would have had him interact with yeah, it. Yeah. I did not get the full Jafar experience Damn that it. I had hoped for. Just And I could have. If I noticed him five minutes earlier. What you're now armed with, though, is the exact place and time that the Jafar experience takes place. So yeah. if you ever go back, yeah. which you probably will. Yeah, to meet Jafar. To meet Jafar, yeah. yeah. yeah After I... he fails to return your calls or... <laughs> Except you're on Facebook after a series of misunderstandings. The return of Jafar's call. <laughs> um. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that is deranged. <laughs> I just had to say it and yeah. put it out there. But, yeah, that aside... Hashtag ER goals. <laughs> oh, man, I... I wish yeah. there was some way I could bring my parrot. I know to Disneyland because then Jafar would have come to you. Yeah. He'd have seen that if you had a parrot on your shoulder. Yeah, he no would've... way he would have just breezed past that. No, I know he would have seen me as a like-minded yeah. person, which I am. Yeah. I share all of Jafar's opinions. Yeah, yes, all of them. <laughs> Go back and watch the film. <coughs> Jafar says anything. I think that, unironically. <laughs> and look, you can quote any line, but I, I, I don't... I'm struggling. I'm trying to think of any, but I'm, I'm really struggling to think of any lines at all. That, like, Yeah, that's because you can't think of anything. Yeah, I mean, ever... do you think the venue chose this, the ends of the earth? <laughs> I, 100% I think <laughs> that. There we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get time to tell him all this. No, that's it, a shame. You know, yeah. Next time, though. Yeah. And... Look, there'll be a next time. Mm -hmm. I want to go back there. Look, I'd love to go to one of the American ones. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a weird place. And it is... Yeah, like I say, if you're looking for crassness and you're <laughs> looking for artifice 
and you're looking for rampant commercialism, you will find all of those things. But like, well, the first two of those, I actively am looking for and like. That's it, though. But if what you're looking for is what they're offering, yeah, then they are they are offering you a lot yeah. there, and and it's not, and it isn't just in terms of rides, and it's not just in terms yeah. of like. Things to do per se. It's just this ambient atmosphere. I've got to say though, I even taking that on board. I know that when I go, it will be to go on the haunted mansion. That that's my that's the thing I want to see. Right. Uh, there was not. There was not a haunted mansion. There is. There's the there. best haunted mansion. They've the got Phantom Manor. Phantom Manor. Yeah. It's the, yeah. That's... It's, they've retooled the story so that it's like quite a story now and yeah. quite immersive. And yeah, it is a bit. It, it kind of takes itself seriously, but in a way that has lots of animatronics in it. In yeah, it, like, it yeah, does. Cool. Yeah, well, like, we saw that. Oh, and of course, we went on Pirates of the Caribbean. As oh, of well, course, yeah. Because yeah, you just got to, don't yeah. you? And I forgot we had one of those there, but of course they have. What's French it... for Yoho? <laughs> Yoho with accents. I don't know. <laughs> um, on one level, it's a really slow ghost train, but with pirates. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, no, you go on a pirate adventure <laughs> into the world of pirates. Yeah. What are you arguing with? <laughs> and you start off. Yeah. Then they're, they're all robots. So, like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. There is. And I know this is the word they want me to use uh-huh. according to their brand document, but there is a magic uh-huh. to the way that they make this stuff come alive just through sheer force of, yeah. like, curated effort. Uh-huh. It does spill over into... I mean, obviously, it di- interacts very directly with everything they do as as a broader entertainment corporation. But when they do the big Illuminations show at the end of each day, like, look, yeah, on one level... They're firing fireworks while projecting images of their popular movies on the side of a big castle that's also shaped like a thing from one of their movies. You're essentially just everyone's gathering together as a family to watch trailers <laughs> in a set in yeah. one sense. Yeah. But in another sense, it is genuinely captivating. Yeah. And it genuinely does like honestly there's something about the way they word the spoken word intro to the illuminations show of like you know this is your permission to dream or something <laughs> like that it's like it's cult like yeah. almost but you go with it and then it's just like this is just a journey through imagination isn't it and the only thing that jars you out of it for a couple of minutes is when they start showing footage of the Live action Beauty and the Beast on there. Oh no! <laughs> that's that's when the magic breaks, and <laughs> and I did want to boo, <laughs> but then you know, after that, it, you know, it's back to like Star Wars and stuff, and then it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, wow. Um, but yeah, like I say, it is it is genuinely like quite a captivating, strange place. And you, to a degree that you wouldn't think that you'd be able to achieve with such a hyper-commercialized theme park. Mm-hmm. Like, they retain a certain handmaidness. Handmade in the, you know, made with hands, not... Yeah, not Gilead. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, it feels deliberate. It feels like the work of someone's creativity. Uh-huh. In a way that sometimes goes hand in hand with, but also often transcends the ways in which it's just a corporate branding exercise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just how Disney work. 
Yeah. That's how Disney are going to rule us all one day. <laughs> because I don't think they're taking without giving. They're not. And whether they're actually giving back something that compensates for what they take from us, whether it's <laughs> money-wise or in terms of just cultural space-wise, like with the Dumbo yeah. thing that you mentioned, it's like... They took a book away from us. <laughs> but we didn't get nothing in return, so do we care? Yeah. That, that, and that's, diff- that's a different question from should we care? Uh, yes. And it how- is. They, that, maybe that's where the line is, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, for all that I know, I should care about the... And I do care about the merge and stuff, but there's no denying the just lifetime of just happiness that they've delivered to me. Yeah. So it, I have to say, I mean, currently my best... Uh, approach to that is just to separate them off yeah. and think of them as a big corporation I kind of disapprove of. Yeah. And then in that is this art house that I love. Yeah. And they made Disneyland. I know, yeah. And when the when the big corporation does, you know, predatory monopolistic acts, yeah. like that is bad, yeah. but also it does mean that more things are going to filter out filter down into that art house. Yeah. And then be presented to us in ways that <coughs> look, we're lifelong Disney fans. We're mm-hmm. gonna find them palatable, yeah, and we're gonna find them pleasing. That's the thing, and it's it's tempting to say that like, oh, they get you with nostalgia, but it's not nostalgia. I like the stuff they do now. That's it. <laughs> it is nostalgia, and they yeah. they're the best at nostalgia, probably out of anyone. Yeah, and I love it when they do that to me. Yeah, but also. They're still at it. They're still making the good stuff now. So yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't just pretend I don't think they are and that I don't like it because I do. Um, that's that's the Disneyland experience <laughs> to to a, like a a sort of a critically thinking adult. Yes, you go there. Well, you and, suspend, don't you? You suspend yeah. that that criticalness for a few days. Yeah, I. But to some degree, I don't suspend it. It just it just floats off. No. You know, it's. Not completely. Yeah. I'm always aware of it, but it just seems so like it seems so churlish to think about yeah, it when like you're there. If you if you sat if you in Disneyland with Jafar over there, yeah, sat down on a bench and had a grump about how corporate the place you're in was. Yeah. It's a bit of a cell phone, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it completely is. You know, it, it, it's like coming over to a kid on the lap of a department store Father Christmas and like <laughs> ripping his beard off. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. What about the Father Christmas, though? <laughs> you know what I mean, though? It's like, but what's... But there is a point, but you yeah. don't feel like yeah, there's a point yeah, while yeah. you're there. And It's like why you didn't boo at, yeah. the, at the live-action Beauty and the Beast. It's yeah. Like, yeah, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm still in Disneyland, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, you should go. Oh, I will. Um, Honest to God, it'd be amazing if we could go. Oh, yeah. Like, if, like that would be, like, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. That would be really good. Spoiled only by my insistence on making podcasts there. No, I'd be 100% <laughs> I out of it. I know, I know. So think of what the other two would be feeling. Oh, about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, their trip would be ruined. <laughs> Just ruined. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> They knew what they were getting into. <laughs> Should we move yeah. on to the next topic? Yeah, that's... Oh, no, first, I'm going to have these biscuits. Oh, yes! He got me some biscuits. Listen to them. That's about as much podcast as I can get out of a pack of biscuits. Except, I wish you could see this. Look up world's biggest mouse. Party. World's biggest mouse? Oh, party. <laughs> Look up the world's biggest mouse party biscuit tin from yes. Disneyland Paris. It's beautiful. It's done up like the new shorts. It's done in that style. 
And uh, I, I almost don't want to tear the thing that's got a picture of the biscuits on, but I have to to get into it. Yeah, and inside there will be real biscuits. Oh, <laughs> oh will there? Whoa, there's loads. Oh, wow, okay. Holy crap, there's actually loads. <laughs> right, well, biscuits all right. for all then. And if uh, you at home have a pack of biscuits from Disneyland, <laughs> this is the time to eat now. Them. Who is on yours? Mini. Mini. I have got Goofy on my biscuit. Right, if I find a daisy one, you can have that. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is good, isn't it? What a good mm. podcast this is. It? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, that's nice. They are nice biscuits. I can't really describe what biscuits they are. They're sort of buttery, but... Buttery biscuits. But thinner than you'd nice. expect for a buttery biscuit. Yes, they're, they're edging towards cracker, aren't they? Yeah. Like of the rich sort, not of the square sort you put cheese on. But sort of buttery, shortbready kind of. Yeah, very buttery, shortbready sort of kind of, yeah. Good. Right, go I approve. I'm going to just deliver one to Abby in the other room. Yes. Report back what character she gets. Okay. Goofy! It was Goofy, listeners. Goofy! We met Goofy as well. Did you? Yeah, Goofy was really good. That must be a tricky one to be, because your nose is really far ahead of you and you're probably going to keep bonking kids on the face. He didn't. He was an absolute pro. He was dressed in golf gear, uh, and at one point he dropped his ear on my face. Great. Halfway through a picture without telling me that he was going to do that. Ah. Hi, welcome to a new segment on Frivolous Disney's that we're going to call... We don't know. It might be called Serious Missed This. Or it might be I called... I like that title a lot. <laughs> Please call it that. If you need a vote, this is a 50% vote. I'm behind <laughs> Serious Missed This. Okay then. Serious Missed This. The segment in which... This is Ewan. Introduce yourself, Ewan. Uh, hi, I'm Ewan. I am a YouTube man, as Dave is. I do movie stuff. Ewan's video is very good, and you should go and see them. Where can they see them? Uh, it's it's called Brightside Ewan. So go to Brightside Ewan. Uh, what was the most recent thing I've done? It wasn't very good. Watch the, watch the thing before the most recent <laughs> thing I've done. Tell you what, if you're listening to this, you like animation. Go watch my Kiki video. I have a video called yes. How Kiki's Delivery Service Got George Lucas, which is about... It, it relates to Disney, too, because it's about how Disney released a version of Kiki's Delivery Service, and then they sort of took it back, and that confused and upset me because that was the version I watched. That's right. It is my favourite of Ewan's videos. We're here for a segment because Ewan is just a small, tiny man. Yep. <laughs> uh, you're really just starting your 20s journey, aren't you? Yeah, I'm 19 at the moment. I'm a borrower, basically. Oh my word. That is very, very little. I'm surprised <laughs> I can see you at all. Yeah, I missed the 90s entirely. I was born yeah. in 2000, so no 90s for me. And yet, he's just old enough to form coherent sentences. And so, uh-huh. what I thought I'd do <laughs> is that he has not seen... The good Disney films from the 90s. The good ones that we've all seen and against which all other animated films are measured. He just hasn't seen them, even though he's like an animation fan. I don't. Yeah. I get that you weren't alive then, but like, I've seen Snow White. What's your excuse? Uh, well, there must be a certain amount of this in the UK, but because I'm in Canada, there's this sort of idea of Americanization and of like losing culture on account of taking in too much American stuff. Oh. And like in the UK, it's probably less of a worry because you have a British film industry and like British TV is so. Like you watch British TV. Canadians 
don't really watch Canadian TV, and we definitely don't watch Canadian right. movies. Well, you just brought up on, you know, Reboot and Yvonne of the Yukon, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> no, no, but my parents did steer me away from the big Disney movies. Uh, my dad doesn't like Disney. Oh, right. Uh, see, up until now, I thought your parents sounded quite cool, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> they are cool. They're cool. But the the movies that formed my love of animation when I was a kid was Studio Ghibli, which, like, was Disney, mm. but not as Disney, and Pixar, which was Disney, yeah. but not as Disney. And also yeah. the fact that that was their peak before Cars and Cars 2, and mm. and suddenly everything was sequels. Yeah. That, that was, like, yeah. their highest point, and it was when I was eight or nine. And also when, like, Coraline was coming out and Fantastic Mr. Fox was coming out, I was... That I, I I wasn't like starved for animation, mm. but then this serves as a as a perfect mirror of what I went through because that's the age I was when Little Mermaid came out and and Disney went into their renaissance and although they also did a big sort of dive into mediocrity a little while after that and it changes depending on who you are when you think that happened but it happened yeah and some of those I have seen like I Tarzan I had on DVD when I was little I didn't have any of the ones I had Tarzan mm. and like I haven't seen no Disney I've seen early stuff i've seen like 101 dalmatians i watched pinocchio at school but i missed out on the big ones and it's weird to have like especially right now right right now exactly the whole identity of the current thing disney is doing is like well we know literally every human has seen these (laughs) but have you seen them like this and it's very interesting to find someone who's an active animation fan and person who can talk about animation who hasn't seen them. So yeah. we're here today to partly to right that wrong, but partly to find out what that's like through the brain of someone who's having that experience. So The Little Mermaid is probably where the Disney Renaissance really kicked off. I think of it as the first one. And then I just edit out Rescuers Down Under because, <laughs> you know, it was fine, but it doesn't really fit the Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King run that, mm. that I have in my heart. And I can't really justify that except to say, I don't really care. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we're starting with Little Mermaid uh, today and uh, Ewan is going to go away and watch it. I could ruin the segment entirely by just not watching any of them and pretending to have. I don't know if that would ruin it. That would be quite interesting. I really want to know, what do you think the story is? Tell me the story of the Little Mermaid, start to finish. Okay, once upon a time, Ariel was under the sea, but she wasn't happy because she didn't want to be under the sea. She wanted to be with the people, maybe because there was a prince there. She saw the pr- I, I, Let's assume she sees the prince, and then that's that's like the inciting incident that makes her want to be. I want the film to be like that. When they do the remake, they should just go like, a title card should come up saying, let's assume she sees a prince, all right? And then it just cuts to later. <laughs> yeah, let's assume she sees a prince. So she sees the prince, and he's, um, he's a pretty boy. He's got a flute, and she's like, wow, he's hot. I, I want to go up there and make kissy with the prince. And so <laughs> she goes to Ursula, who's a witch, and so she can she can do spell things. And they make an exchange. I know that much. They, they make the exchange of her voice for legs, which... What happens to the fish part? Does the fish part, like, disappear in a, in a poof? Or does it, like, fall off in a David Cronenberg horrifying transformation scene? I am actually not going to tell you, because I think that that's, a, that's a, <laughs> a good scene and you should see it for yourself. And then, you, and then we can have your reaction to that bit. Okay. Uh, and then she goes above land, and she's, she's got legs, and she meets the prince, and uh, she can't talk. 
but the prince doesn't want her to talk because um, I guess he's not interested in women with personalities. He just, <laughs> just wants one who's there. I do not know how you carry on a movie with a, a romance between somebody who can't talk and somebody who can. What do you imagine? Like, let's say it's the story pitch, right? You're in the pitching yeah. room. What would you say, story-wise, should happen? This is a fish-out-of-water story. Yes. Where uh, she is, she's not comfortable with human customs and uh, all of the humor comes out of her hilarious misunderstandings of what it is that human people do. You're you're doing very well so far. This is all extremely close to the truth, yes. That's cool. Um, But I don't know what fish people do, so I don't know how they could misinterpret what people do. There are differences between fish and human culture, but those are not expounded upon sufficiently. Uh, I feel as if they're going to have to come up with something for the remake. Maybe she's skittish. Maybe she's like she's not sure anymore about being with, with Prince Boy and so she's oh. running away and he's running after her all Oh, getting cold fins. Yeah. Maybe while she's off and he he's looking for her and that's like the main source of his conflict. He, mm-hmm. He's trying to find her. He's like organizing searches and whatever with with his princedom with his kingdom and then maybe she goes back to ursula and she's like oh i'm not so sure about this and then ursula i know ariel gets the legs but what does ursula do with the voice good question maybe she wants to be a successful broadway singer and that's where she is when when ariel finds her she goes to broadway and there, there's ursula and she's the star of of, of wicked or something like that <laughs> and ariel is like in sign language saying please i'd like to have my voice back because it's actually kind of life is easier when you've got a voice and ursula's like i don't want to do that because i'm the star of wicked i'm too big for you now ariel <laughs> and then maybe disney does the brave thing and actually tries to to touch on this subject that mute people do indeed exist mm. and this is a life that people live and maybe we can we can deal with this in a way that isn't cartoon shenanigans maybe we we can just have ariel live the rest of her life coping with this disability yeah maybe she she learns sign language she she gets a, a stephen hawking uh, voice box and then Ursula lives happily forever after as as a Broadway singer, and Ariel lives happily ever after as a mute person. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, really. Yeah. That's just occurred to me. She's mute, and this is a musical. How does that work? Mm. <laughs> I don't think I've actually thought about that before. No, you're, you're quite right. They have to have other characters do songs while she's mute. What? Does Sebastian come with her? What, what's Sebastian doing for the movie? Yes, Sebastian comes with her, yeah. Great. <laughs> I don't know how annoyed I'm going to be by side characters. I know, like, Timba and Pumbaa seem like they're not going to be my cup of tea. Timba and Pumbaa. Timba and Pumbaa? Is that their names? That is their names. T- Timba? Correct. No, it Timba is. And it's Timba and Pumbaa, yes. Okay. Um, they, they look more annoying when they're Seth Rogen and whoever's doing it in the remake. Like, uh, I was at the theater the other day and I got three different previews where I had to hear Seth Rogen saying a whim away, a whim away. And it, that was three more than I needed, really. So I don't know if they're going to be as annoying when they're like actual what this is what people like so surely yeah we'll, it's meant to be good right The thing about the Lion King by the way with those two is that they they are the first as far as I'm aware certainly the first mainstream certainly the first of this popularity fart joke character in a mainstream that animated was weird film talk. Did you hear that did that pick up on no. the mic at the exact no. moment you said fart joke there was like a horn outside <laughs> Oh, I hope it picked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm having horrifying flashbacks to the Bebop and Rocksteady in the second Bay Turtles movie where he, like, farts and picks up the, the, like, visible gas of the fart and throws it in his face. 
Have you seen that bit? Christ! <laughs> I, I could not watch more than about 20 minutes of that film. I, I was going to throw myself out the window. So those are your predictions. Well, they're not really your predictions. Have you got any... What do you think would actually happen? Have you got any idea of like what how they could resolve this, this story? Like, in a practical way that could go in the film? So, because it's a Disney movie, I expect it to be everything works out perfectly. Ursula dies or whatever, or gets like, yeah. sent off to the shadow dimension, or she gets her, her comeuppance. Ariel's got to have her human legs and stay a human and also have her voice, so now she has everything that she needs and she lives happily ever after with the prince. I, for a second there, just considered whether she stays a mermaid and then the prince becomes a merman, but that's, that's a bit too Princess and the Frog. I don't think they, they would do that that early. And the only other possible ending is she doesn't end up with the prince, which that's, right. that's what I would hope for. I would hope for a movie with an interesting <laughs> ending where it's like, she doesn't need no man. She's an independent mermaid yeah. princess. But you feel that you would have heard of that if that was the case. Yeah, I should have. These are all very astute guesses so far. You've missed a lot of details, but the ones that you've said are pretty correct yeah so i'm really looking forward to hearing from you when you've gone and watched this i'm quite excited for you i don't know i don't know what your experience will be but i certainly wish i could go back to the first day i saw the little mermaid that was a great day for me i had a great time i'm sure what i like about it is not going to be what i expect to like about it like there's going to yeah. be some scene of the movie that isn't actually too important to the plot where i'm like "Ooh, this is really nicely animated and i like the tone of it yeah if there's something that i take out of the little mermaid i expect it to be something like that where it's like i didn't think that i would find this simpsons shenanigan running around the town doing something seen funny but it's well choreographed or i didn't know about this song from the movie that i haven't heard before and i liked this musical number so what's our what's our closing line um i'm trying to think if there's something from the film that's all folks the disney catchphrase yes that thing disney's say what do disney's say they don't really say anything they say um haha that's all folks <laughs> yeah they do don't they yeah <laughs> that's one of my favorite disney bits that's it from me in the clubhouse haha <laughs> We're done in the clubhouse. Uh, <laughs> where we watch the movies, we predict like the movies. Mickey's, Mickey's getting increasingly awkward at the, during his sign-off. <laughs> well, okay, folks, that's the end at the, um, uh, I mean, we're done at the clubhouse now. Um, so, uh, um, I gotta get to bed, so... Don't look at me. <laughs> but what did you and think of The Little Mermaid? Eh, when he watched it, hmm? Well, eh? You'll have to wait and see on the next Frivolous Disney, won't you? Hmm? Which is when me and Johanna are going to be talking about Disney Plus. Yeah, it was a completely up-to-date conversation when we had it. Let's see if it is by the time I actually edit it together and put it upline. 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 Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We're at Serious Disney's. Uh, or I am Demon Tomato Dave and Johan is Mouse Talica, M-A-U-S. Talica. Write to us at seriousdisness at gmail.com with your suggestions for topics to talk about and general letters, uh, which we might read out in the podcast. And also, if this was the last podcast on your list and now you're all lonely and haven't got anything to listen to, why not go and try my slightly more professionally edited podcast, Sonic the Comic, the podcast in which myself and Chris McFeely travel back in time with you to 1993 via the pages of a pop culture publication by Sega and Fleetway here in the UK. Come with us through time. And, uh, other than that, there's obviously lots more episodes of this podcast you can listen to. There are more coming. There are more almost completely edited. It's all go. See you soon. Go away.